You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 233. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 233. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Mr. Smith. Mrs. Smith. Welcome back. I know. How are you? It's like my home away from home. I... I am so excited to connect with you. Yeah, me too. And have you back on the pod. And as you know, we had Andrea pop by last week. That's right. Trying to steal my job, I hear. <laughs> well, it, she she definitely <laughs> acknowledged that. Yeah, like she was concerned. She had a little imposter syndrome. Of, oh. Of oh my gosh, they would so much rather have Mr. Smith. <laughs> and maybe that'll be my would you rather today. <laughs> would you rather have Mr. Smith or Andrea Owen do the would you rather? <laughs> Oh my gosh, you would win by a landslide, let's be honest. Well, I don't know. Well, but welcome everybody. We are thrilled to have another episode available for you today where we're going to talk about the imposter syndrome. This was actually a listener submission that came through the site, which if you did not know, anybody who listens to the show can submit a show idea. It's great also for us because then we know what you really want to hear about. And this was a great topic because she had said, I looked through everything and I don't see a topic on this, which I always really appreciate because it's it, we haven't. We've never talked about this particular and topic. And you got to tell us what you want. What you really, really want. What you really, really want. Yes, <laughs> that is so true. Little 90s throwback there for you. And we're going to be digging into that and kind of dissecting what it's about. We'll read her submission and then we will hopefully help you unpack how imposter syndrome shows up in your world. But before we dig into all of that good stuff, we have a little segment that uh, you spearhead over here. And we like to call it. Would you rather the would you rather? That's right. He's back in full effect. I'm back, baby. All right. So I got a good one for you today. Okay. I'm excited. Lay it on me. Today's would you rather is, would you rather eat a bowl of worms or a whole frog? Oh. Now, they're dead. They're the frog, all- Yeah, the frog and the worms are dead. Okay, before I start asking before all questions. You, yeah, before you... Before you get crazy. Um, so, yeah. Bowl of worms. Okay. and Fresh out of the microwave. Oh, I'm okay. Kidding. So, can I cook them? Yeah, you can cook them. I can cook both? Yeah. You can't make them mushy. They have to keep their form. But you could heat them up. Sure. I can't make them mushy. That's so nasty. <laughs> but but I do feel like if I made them crunchy, that might be easier. You know, like if I... Oh, you mean like you fried it or fried something? Fried them up or same thing with uh, the... Oh, I don't know. Well, Whatever. Whatever, well, I mean, yeah. frogs are like a delicacy. You can't add seasoning or, you know, do anything crazy, oh. but you can cook it. Okay. I, I, I still think I would pick, I still think I would pick the worms. Although, just, I don't know. Don't just worms... slurp them up like cereal. No, not so much <laughs> that. <laughs> I, I, I'm definitely cooking them for sure. Uh, okay. Okay. 
Uh, uh, well, aren't worms supposed to have like really excellent protein? Yeah. Crickets have really good protein. But That's right. Yeah. Don't they? In, in certain countries, it's like they have them out in the market. We so. saw something on a show where the guy was promoting cricket. Um, oh, it was it was a shark tank. Shark tank. I didn't know if you wanted to mention the show. Oh, yeah. And it was cricket protein powder. That's right. Yeah. And he was trying to get that on the market. And everybody was like, uh, no one's going to want to do like a protein bar, like a cricket protein bar. Yeah. I would do it. You would do totally. that. That's where we were completely split because you've done a bunch of that shit. But I mean, over our journeys, I peed in the wild four times and I felt like that was- In uh, her lifetime. <laughs> I, I peed in the wild. Like that's a big adventure. Just the phrase peed in the wild is so city. <laughs> So whereas you are up for eating bugs and things like that. So I this is a big stretch for me. But yeah, I still think I would pick the worms. I just can't. I, I can't with the idea of a frog and just no. It's, yeah. I just can't with that. But what, 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 what would you pick? I think I'd go with a frog. You, I, would you yeah, really? Yeah. I just. Because um, it could be more like a steak. I just pan fry it and crunch it up. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, you can't use barbecue sauce or nope, anything. No, nope. <laughs> oh no. Nope. Wow. Well, okay. So this is a real, real rough a one. Maybe because Andrea did a kind of a positive one last week. Yeah, we got a yikes. Okay. Well, if gross. you if you want to share with us what you would rather, we talk about it every single week in my private after hours Facebook club, and. Anybody can join. It's a place for all of the audience to kind of come together and we talk about our biggest takeaways, what you're learning from the pod. People ask for support. I do additional training videos every single week. There's discount codes. There's freebies, a free resource vault that you can get access to. If you want to come share what you would rather and get your hands on all those extra freebies, go to the joyjunkie.com slash club. It'll redirect you. Or you can just go to the show notes page for this episode, which is thejoyjunkie.com slash 233, and you can find links for anything that we mention here today. So yeah, come hang out. We have such a blast over there. And, and you always pop in and answer questions that people have about the would you rather. That's like, true, yeah. That's fun. It's a, it's a, like you said, it's a really cool like part of your day is going in and checking those. And seeing everybody's rationale for what they would pick. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's talk imposter syndrome. This is a message that came through to the show from a listener that I mentioned earlier. And again, you can do a show submission yourself. You can actually find that on the show notes page that I mentioned. Or if you just go to thejoyjunkie.com slash show idea, all one word, you will have that little form that you could submit to us. So here's what she wrote. I've searched for a show on imposter syndrome or getting out of that feeling that I don't belong. My long story short is I grew up essentially trailer trash, quote unquote. And that's not me just beating myself up or feeling sorry for myself. My family was poor. My dad was abusive. I got pregnant in high school, blah, blah, blah. The end results, however, are that I married my high school sweetheart. We've been together for 25 years and we have three grown children. I have obtained Four degrees, including my doctorate. And I've went, right. Yeah, that's amazing. And I've landed my perfect job. 
Now that I'm here, I feel like I don't belong. My comparison game is so strong that I am stuck in this, quote, everyone is better vortex, and I'm really struggling to get out, to feel like I've got this, I do belong, and all of that shit. Then I beat myself up for thinking that because I know in my head that I've overcome a lot of shit and I should just suck it up. I've gone through the self-talk and comparison stuff in the pods and in practice, but I still can't shake this feeling to get to a point in which I can just Stuart Smalley the shit, the shit and agree (laughs) to disagree with my brain that doggone it, I am smart enough. Please help. That's funny. Right. So Stuart Smalley. This is something that I do hear people talk about all the time. And it's a really real thing. I think largely because we're always comparing ourselves to other people's highlight reel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So nobody, Mm -hmm. like let's say you're in a high profile work environment and maybe you're a a director level or something like that. And, and your CEO says or does things in a presentation and your mind immediately goes into, oh my God, they're so much better than me. They do this, they do that, they do this. All you see is that at surface level. You don't see their insecurities. You don't see what their marriage is like. You don't see what's really happening inside for them. That's true. And ultimately, none of that fucking matters, which is what, no matter what they're thinking, what they really feel about themselves, none of it fucking matters. And that's what we're going to talk about a hmm. lot today. Yeah. The first thing that I want you guys to do is I want you to start looking at where does the imposter syndrome show up in your life? So as this listener wrote in, it could be an area where you feel like you just don't belong and or you're going to be found out. That's usually how mm-hmm. a lot of people describe this sensation of feeling like an imposter, which by the way, I do want to mention, this is not like a real medical syndrome. <laughs> this is just a personal development term to qualify what happens for people in these situations, yeah. which usually are in your work. Maybe you climb up the ladders. Maybe you accomplish certain degrees Perhaps in marriage, I do see people sometimes who feel like they're not deserving of the love that they have, like their partner is so amazing or loves them so completely and unabashedly that they feel as though they're not worthy of it. It can also be in parenting, like, oh my God, people, I see this a lot. They're going to realize I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing as a parent (laughs) and that I suck and that I, I shouldn't have been given responsibility over this human. Well, the good thing is they don't realize it till they're in their 30s or 40s. So. <laughs> the I'm good kidding. news is that everybody <laughs> feels like that. I, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, if yeah. I've ever met anybody who's like, at least not in the beginning, who's like, no, 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 I got this parenting thing on lockdown. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. That's what I was thinking about this whole time you've been talking is like, wow, a majority of people feel this. Absolutely. I would say that it's probably the most prevalent in career and work environment, but I want you to think about how this might be applicable to you regardless where it shows up. So that's the first place is where does this show up for you in your life? The second thing that I really wanted to underline here, there might be a couple of different reasons why you feel like an imposter. And we're going to focus primarily on the idea that perhaps you are not good enough, where it really is some sort of value of self. It is internal, right? It's about 
I am not valuable enough as is. Mm -hmm, So that's mm -hmm. usually the largest reason that I see. There is another one that you might feel like an imposter. And this is if you are not living in integrity. Yes. Here's what I mean by that. Let's say you work as a drug counselor and you have a Coke addiction, right? There's a conflict of interest there. That is a perfect example of you probably feel like an imposter because you're living out of integrity. You aren't embodying your talk. You're not walking your talk, essentially. Yeah. That is a completely different thing because that's a matter of honesty. That's a matter of your own core values. That's a matter of, it really truly boils down to integrity. Okay. I'm going to assume that that's not the biggest issue that people are bringing up as this listener suggested. She's dealing with, I have become this really incredible person. I do have these beautiful relationships in my world and I still feel like I'm not good enough, right? Mm -hmm. There's a self-worth issue. Yes. Usually what also is very prevalent with this sort of an imposter issue is the feedback or the notion that brought you to this idea that you're an imposter is internal feedback versus external. This is what I mean by that statement. I would guess that this listener gets applauded at work, that people tell her she's amazing, that her subordinates love working with her, that her husband tells her all the time, look at what you've created in your world. Mm -hmm. My guess is that she's not getting ripped to pieces by external people telling her you're not good enough. It's an internal voice, yeah. It's an internal, fraudulent, you're an imposter narrative that's happening in Mm -hmm, your mind. mm -hmm. That's who I'm speaking to today. I'm not talking to you about rejection and criticism where external people are telling you you're not good enough. That's not what we're dealing with. Imposter syndrome is typically the notion that you believe based off of your own internal belief system that you simply don't measure up in whatever category is potent for you, career, relationship, your church, whatever. You name it. So now that we've kind of established that, the next question I want you to think about, and this is going to be a journaling assignment, and this is non-negotiable. You absolutely have to do this in order to uncover this. Now, it doesn't have to necessarily be writing. You can do an audio journal, but you need to fucking process this and get it out. Like I a want you to exactly software or something like that, or like your voice notes on your phone. Mm-hmm. I'm also open to you talking to a therapist, a coach, a best friend, getting it out vocally. But you absolutely have to answer the question: What am I afraid of? I'll give you a couple of things that it could potentially be, but I want you to excavate for your truth. A lot of times around the imposter syndrome, there's an idea that I'm going to be found out, that I'm not qualified, that I have this sordid past, that I did these horrible things in my youth, that you know, there's something around being found out. So I want you to look at that deeper. What am I afraid that people might find out? For instance, with this listener, there might be some shame around her upbringing, around the fact that she did have an abusive father, that she did struggle with poverty, that she didn't come from an affluent background. There could be shame there. There could also be a fear of rejection, 
Yeah. There could be, I'm genuinely afraid that if people know me, know my past, know my insecurities, they won't want me in their life. Mm-hmm. There could also be a, an element of vulnerability here. I see this a lot, right? Because we walk around with a lot of armor, with our masks on, with our guard up, because we get afraid that if people really see us for who we are, that they won't like it. And that's vulnerable. Yeah. So we wear these masks, right? We pretend like we're super successful and we pretend like we're super confident and like we've got our shit together, right? And then we don't have that intimacy. Like we talked about a couple of podcasts ago, there's a cost to not showing up fully and being honest about who you are. So all of that to say, I want you to start looking at if people were to know who you really are. If people were to know what your past looked like, if they did think you weren't qualified, then what? What does all of that mean to you? What are you afraid of? Hmm, okay. And there there could be stuff I didn't mention too. I mean, there could be other things that really come up for you. Yeah, like, I can only give so many examples. Yeah. You could potentially be afraid of success. Yeah. You know, you could mm-hmm. be afraid of if I if I really own my brilliance then I'm going to lose my marriage because I'm going to become all encompassed in my career or my... Or people will think I'm cocky or... That's right. Yeah. That's right. So that's the first assignment. And I want you to find this out particularly because this is going to help you identify what your triggers are. Okay? So what I mean by that is let's say this audience member identifies that a lot of what she's really afraid of in not belonging or being found out is shame around her upbringing. Let's say she works in a, in a great organization and everybody's extremely affluent and grew up in prestigious families or whatever. And she has this extreme shame around her past. If she's done this journaling assignment and realized that and gained that awareness, then let's say the next time she's at work and somebody makes a snide remark about the homeless population or about a certain poverty-stricken area where it might create a trigger for her, like, fuck. Yeah. And instead of being able to rationalize that statement and search for your own truth of like, oh, yeah, I actually don't agree with that person, unless you address it and look for it, you're likely going to be triggered by that and go back into the, I don't belong. I'm not Mm -hmm. good enough. They think I'm trailer trash. They think I'm, instead of searching for your truth, right? instead of going, maybe they're just not right. Maybe that I don't agree with that person. So that's why it's so incredibly important to figure this stuff out, what you're really truly afraid of, because it highlights where you get triggered. It highlights what, when that internal conversation goes batshit about how you don't belong, right? Then it becomes on that vicious Mm -hmm. loop. The next thing that I want you to do, and I'm guessing that this is going to be extremely uncomfortable for most of you, which means this is exactly why you need to do it. I want you to start identifying yourself with your strengths and your accomplishments. Instead of identifying as an imposter or identifying as trailer trash or all of these things. Like she is so enraptured and enveloped by who she used to be, like who I was when I grew up. 
And I don't hear a lot of attachment to four motherfucking degrees, one of which is a doctoral degree. I don't hear a ton of attachment to, I am madly in love with my partner who I've been with for 25 years. I am a solid partner in a relationship. That's a huge thing to identify with. May I add something? Sure. You know, as you've been talking, I'm. it seems like she's either having to identify with one portion of her life or another. Yeah. And I just think that you can identify with all of it and say, because of how I grew up, this is the things that I did to improve myself. You know, I, I mean, you make it the whole story and not just identifying with a piece of it. Yes. Right? Because it's because of your background that allowed you to get where you are. That's right. Right? All those things were part and partial to your fabric. Right. So I'm not sure if you're going to get into that, but instead of identifying with one portion of like, oh, I was trailer trash and I was poor and, you know, we didn't take showers for a week or whatever it might be. Right. And, or I'm educated and I have my dream marriage and like, they're both one and the same. They are you. Exactly. Right. Yes. And I'm so glad that you underlined that because that is exactly why I made this a bullet point. We are a collection of our life experiences. We aren't just our failed marriage or just a parent or just somebody who grew up in poverty. We are a collection of all of our human experiences. All of those things are valid, including what I think she may be overlooking right now, this is just my hit, my gut, is that she's overlooking these accomplishments and the beauty that she's created for her life now mm-hmm. and identifying more with what if they find out about how I grew up yeah. or yeah, 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 yeah. because of how I grew up, I can't be long. There's some sort of belief there that that sort of, upbringing or whatever does not allow you to fit in right which is also a major assumption right about other other people right because i'm like just take ownership of that so yeah i grew up poor but you know i bettered myself and blah 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 you know like there should be some ownership of it it's an issue only if you think it is right but what i also mean is that you're also doing everybody else a disservice to think they won't they couldn't possibly accept me because they grew up affluent right they grew up loaded sure you're you're doing them a major disservice what if they are a beautiful soul a beautiful human who's ready to be your bestie mm-hmm. but you're alienating them from your own self-doubt That's from great. your own great point you know lack of confidence in self mm-hmm. so here's the additional piece of that assignment i want you to really start identifying with those beautiful things that you have created for your world you are all the things You are the person who grew up impoverished. You are the person who accomplished four degrees. You are the person who raised three gorgeous children. You are all of those things. What I want you to do is spend time focusing on the pieces of your identity that you are really, really proud of and acknowledge and celebrate what you've accomplished. So you're going to write a fucking list. I want you to write a huge list of all of the things that you have accomplished that you're genuinely proud of yourself for. I want that list to be something you continue to build on. I want you to hang it up and I want you to read it daily. Oh, wow. What this is doing is it's disrupting the story you've bought into. 
right? The story that I hear in her submission is, I don't belong. I don't belong. And there's been this attachment to that idea so that you cannot move beyond that until you decide on a new story. So the new story needs to be one of, I do belong, or I get to choose my community, Mm -hmm. or I actively create my community or who I'm involved with. There's got to be a shift from lack into abundance, and that has to do with internal self-talk. But all of this stuff, like I've told you guys a million times, is repetition. It is a matter of doing behaviors, self-talk statements, you know, creating specific environments for yourself that nurture who you do want to be, the life that you do want versus what you don't want. When this listener had mentioned, you know, I've listened to all those podcasts and I have practiced, the deal with everything we talk about in personal development, the stuff we talk about on the podcast, you cannot consume one audio and think that anything is going to change. That's not the truth. It is 24-7. So what that means is every time a thought pops into your head about not being good enough, about comparison to other people, every fucking time you have to stop that thought in its tracks and go, whoa, whoa, that was not helpful, and then shift it into something else. Whatever you choose, whatever you choose, you could say something like, I'm not buying into that belief any longer. It could be that simple. Mm -hmm. I'm not going down that comparison route. Like, thanks brain, but we're not going down the comparison spiral. Yeah, you have to stop it. Exactly. And I'm hoping that by shifting the narrative and starting to write out this list of everything you have accomplished, all of your strengths, the ways you show up in your relationship with your children or with your spouse that you're really proud of, the character traits that you embody. These are the things that we want you to focus on. If you don't have something to substitute for your brain to attach to, it'll go down that old path. It's neural pathways, right? It'll just go down to, you're not good enough. Look at what you came from. You're just a discreet. We need something to substitute in your mind. That also leads me into the idea about analyzing your beliefs. So when I first read this submission, I went, okay, this is so much about our core beliefs of who we are, right? A lot of times our self-talk and the chatter that happens in our minds is indicative of what we really truly believe about ourselves. And this is why we spend two full weeks on this in the tribe. It is probably the the deepest work that I teach and that I do. Yes. And it's why we do it right at the beginning. It's why we spent two weeks on it because it is it's foundational. It's almost like the roots of the tree where if if we try to change the branches, we try to change the fruit, we can't do that without changing the roots. That's what this whole belief system is about. If you guys are interested or if you know you need to do a lot more work around this stuff or you need to have more accountability, the next round of the tribe will be opening in the middle of January. If you want to be sure that you're on the interest list and you get the best rates and discount codes and extra bonuses, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash tribe and you can get your name on that early bird list so that that you 
get to snag all the best deals. Perfect. I usually put coupon codes in after hours also, which oh, is yeah, another that's true. great reason to come hang out with us over there. But yeah, beliefs. Beliefs are one of those things that almost everything else in our world is a Band-Aid, right? Like you can change behavior, you can change your self-talk, but those are usually fleeting. If you don't get to the root of your belief about yourself, most of the time you're not going to have that major shift of self-confidence or self-worth. That's why I spend so much time on it in my work. So this is what I'll leave you guys with today with regards to beliefs. Look at this. Look at the deeper level. Look at when you do have that chatter that's telling you, that you aren't good enough or that you don't fit in, like she was saying. Listen to those words and then look at what would I have to believe about myself in order to say those sorts of things to myself. Do I believe that I'm not valuable? Do I believe that I'm inherently not worthy of happiness? Do I believe I'm not enough? Do I believe I'm not lovable? Do I believe that I'm damaged? Do I believe that things have to be hard? Usually there's some sort of umbrella concept that we are attached to. A lot of times it stems from our childhood. Again, while we we go through all of that in the tribe so that we can unpack that, untangle that and get rid of it so that we can substitute it with a new powerful belief and then nurture the new belief and go, no, 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 here's how I want to operate. I don't want to attach to that any longer. That's the first step for you is to start figuring out what is that belief that I'm attached to. And again, if you want to really shift that and make some significant changes, I would really encourage you to contemplate the the tribe for the new year. I hear from people over and over and over again about how it completely changed the trajectory of their lives. It's crazy. I know that that is a phrase that's used a lot. Right. But it really does. Like I've seen so many of your people and like I know a few of them. Right. And I see the changes. I'm like, wow, that's incredible. They're radiant. And that's one thing that that people, students will say all the time, like they'll run into friends from their past or they'll run into somebody they haven't seen for a while and they get these comments like something's different about you or you know and they're like you know what it is i'm fucking happy yeah i'm happy i actually like myself i like myself and i like my life and i'm i don't feel like an asshat saying that i don't feel selfish saying that you know um i was talking to a client today who was saying like it's working like i love my life i love and i'm like yes that's what we're talking that's what we're talking about but we think just like this listener wrote in we think it's after we accomplish the degree mm-hmm. after we have the perfect job after we have the best all the external relationship things. and then we realize holy fuck i'm not happy well that's because it's an internal job yep. right so that's what the tribe does it's designed to c- create permanent and lasting change because we rewire all of the shit that that isn't working. Mm-hmm. Thejoyjunkie.com slash tribe if you want to get your name on that hot little list of badasses. So the final thing that I wanted to underline, and I kind of talked about this a little bit a minute ago, is you've got to stop that comparison in the moment. So it could be, you know, if that's your trigger, which you're going to identify your trigger from that journaling yes. at the beginning, right. what, what are you most afraid of? Yes. So let's say your trigger, like this listener said, was comparison, going into crazy spirals about 
other people's success or who they are, what they're going to think about you. You have to stop it in the moment. So if you're in that business meeting, if you're dropping your kid off at school and you're comparing yourself to another parent, it's in that exact moment when you have to shift from them to you. Okay? Get your focus off of them. It has nothing to do with you. Your CEO's success, that other parent, how amazing your husband is, stop it with focused on them. Mm-hmm. They are going to be who they're going to be. We can't instantly make them not successful so that you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a false sense of self-worth, by the way. So what we want is to create where they can be abundant and you can be abundant. Yeah. They can maybe have done more than what you've done and it doesn't have to mean you aren't valuable right instead of going it's either they're successful or i'm successful it doesn't have to be that way one of the things i've learned about that tool also is i'll miss it i'll miss that moment and i'll look back i went ah damn it i went into that spiral I went into that old belief system or that old way of thinking but what i've done and i don't know this might be something you could talk on is I then am able to go, okay, I'm ready for the next time. Yes. And and kind of like have it in my thoughts of being prepared for that yes. when it does come. And, and when it does come, then I'm like, ah, here it is. This is the moment that I missed last time. Right. And I can kind of tackle it. So I kind of like put it on my agenda of like when those spirals start, I can go, up. Oh, this is that moment. Ah, I gotcha. You yes. Know? Yes. And part of that is knowing those triggers. I like to call that declaring the do-over. So let's say, for instance, she, it sounds to me like it's much more around career, right? Yeah. And job. So let's say she compares herself to a coworker and she finds herself in this major negative thought spiral about why that person is so much better than her and she gets depressed and stops and goes, oh, fuck. Okay. I'm triggered by Kathy. Anytime Kathy does anything... I make it mean I suck. Mm-hmm. Okay, this has nothing to do with Kathy. Has, <laughs> whatever, right? That so, should be the theme of this podcast. <laughs> this should, imposter syndrome. This has nothing to do with Kathy. <laughs> Kathy, this has nothing to do with you. <laughs> so again, this is why I mean shift from them to you. But mm. this is great with what you're just talking about where you can declare the do-over and you go, oh, damn it. Okay, now I'm seeing that's a major trigger for me. How can I get ahead of this? Here's what I want to say to myself. Yeah. And it could be as simple as that has nothing to do with you. Or I would encourage you to say something really positive based off of the list of strengths and accomplishments that you have created. There you go. Perhaps something about your character and to repeat to yourself, I am valuable as I am, or I am working on believing that I am valuable (laughs) just as I am. That's right. You have to start saying something different and you have to do it every fucking time. That's how you create a new norm. Yes. It's not just here and there I say nice things. That's what's the the whole concept around a conditioning. Yes. It's every single time. Yes. It's the consistency of it too. But then again, like you said, if you miss it and you go into this vortex, you go into this spiral. Okay, great. Notice it whenever you do. Even if it's been 30 minutes, you've been sitting at your desk, like talking shit to yourself. Notice it when you notice it. Fuck. Oh my God. I just spent 30 minutes talking shit to myself. What would I rather be saying? Mm -hmm. What would I rather be focused on? 
What statement would I rather say? Yeah, I like where you went there because a lot of times when I was new to this concept, I would get angry with myself for thinking that way. Like you should have caught it. Yeah, but now I just go, oh, ah, I caught you. You know, and I kind of treat it more like I'm catching somebody doing something wrong, yep. not yelling at myself. Yes, like, ooh, you oh, slippery little son of a gun. little bitch. Yeah. And I want to encourage you again, if we're reconditioning you to start believing positive things about yourself, that means you have to inundate yourself with those messages. So that list, this is why it is so incredibly imperative that you do both of these exercises. What are you afraid of? Because that's going to really identify your triggers for you. And then that second piece of writing out all of your strengths and your accomplishments and keeping them around you. Put them on your screensavers. Put them on little alarms so that you are fueling your mind with a different message. Look at yourself in the mirror and say them over and over. That's right. In the, in the <laughs> tribe, we actually do a ton of mirror work and people get really resistant to it oh, because yeah. it's fucking intimate. Oh, sure. And we're attached to our hardship. Mm. We know how yeah. to believe that we're not enough. That's we true. know how to believe this story that she was writing about, like, I don't belong. We we know how to feel that way and live into that. It is really scary on a subconscious level to shake that all up and yeah. operate under a different modus operandi, if you will. <laughs> yeah. I'm bringing for sure. in some vocab there for you. I like it. Anyway, I really, really hope that this has been helpful for you. Again, we do talk a lot about comparisons and beliefs in the tribe. It, it really is a game changer. And I I want people to know about it as much as possible so that they can save Christmas money or Hanukkah money or Kwanzaa money or whatever you would get <laughs> in order to uh, put some really marked change on your calendar and in your life in 2018. We're going to do some really big things. So I'd be honored to be a part of that. Go to thejoyjunkie.com slash tribe to be on that interest list. You'll be the first to get all the deets. And in the meantime, be sure to cruise over to After Hours so you can hang out with us and share your would you rather. After Hours. After Hours. <laughs> all right. So I think that's it. Anything else you wanted to add? I don't think so. All right. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith out. Out.